Okay, good morning, everybody, everybody as well. Happy Tuesday. Yesterday we discussed this idea of being open. How being open is really everything. How much of our lives is only there for us because we're open to opportunities, challenges, detours that came our way. And the question we have to delve into today is how come we're not open? Doesn't that seem like a reasonable proposition? Be open. I don't think it's very controversial. So why is it so hard? And the answer is fairly simple, but a little complex. It's simple to understand, but it's, it's complex to put into practice. And that's the idea that we are not in the center of our own universe. The reason why it's so hard is because our life is about us. We live in a world where we are taught since we were little that, little that we have rights. And rights means that somebody owes me something. I have the right, which means you have to capitulate to me. I have a right. We grew up when we we're little and they tell us you can be anything you want to be. When we grow up, our whole, the beginning of our existence, we're built to be self-centered. Children are coming to this world self-centered. They only know themselves. When they're very little, they don't even realize what someone else is doing for them, nor do they care. They'll wake up at any hour and cry for the most disgusting tasting formula. And they have no regard for how hard mom or dad has been working or what time of night it is. They wake up and they're hungry. So they just cry. There's no like, well, you know, I could probably last another two hours. It's almost dawn. There's no concept like that. Like I remember one time being in a, <coughs> at a meal on Shabbat and a mother was so mortified that like her two-year-old wasn't sharing his toys until someone at the table with a degree in child psychology said, he's not supposed to, he's two. Like, it's not normal for a two-year-old. It's nice if they do it and there's someone above or whatever, they, they're modeling behavior. But I think it's normal for a two-year-old to see a swarm of other kids come to their home for Shabbat. And he's looking at a bunch of strangers being like, what are you doing? Those are mine. Like, no, you're not playing with my stuff. And mom is like, no, we speak about sharing. And at the table, they're like, no, it's cool. Like, he's two. Those kids are strangers. Like, he's two. Like, he can have stuff. And two-year-olds don't need to necessarily be the greatest sharers in the world. Now, if that, guy, if he, that kid was 22, we'd have an issue. But he's two. Kids are self-centered when they're young. We come into the world self-centered. And if you live in an environment that is dedicated to a cause bigger than yourself, that comes out quick. 
You want to see a place like that, go to a Chabad house. They're all over the world. Go, go to one. You've ever been to a Chabad house, especially a Chabad house that's not in like a big city. Even the ones in the big city too. Don't worry about that. I'm just saying, if you're ever like far, and when you go to a Chabad house, focus on the kids. You'll see how quickly they start realizing that life is for other people. That's how they were born. But if you, and if you grew up in houses like this, if your parents are like this, if you, whatever, <laughs> schools, teachers, inspiration, whatever gets you going, you have to unroot the, the way you came into this world, which is self-centered, which is why we're on this earth. That's part of the process. Part of the process of our growth is the unrooting of the self-centeredness that God gave us in order for us to survive. Because survival is the default mechanism of our lives. Greatness is a choice. And the self-centeredness is really the greatest way you can stay alive. Survival requires self-centeredness, so to speak, at least at the lower level. Because if that three-month-old misjudges it and just doesn't want to bother mom, kid may starve got to be programmed to take when you're little <clears throat> it's also great for parents to learn how to give but as you grow up through life if you're in an environment where giving and connecting to things larger than you becomes modeled you start to get rid of it but if you're not then you live in a world that is going to reinforce it's all about you it's all about what you what bothers you, what you need, right? I phone, I too, I, I, the word I, we love that. Dale Carnegie has a whole chapter in his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. You ever read that book? It's got a terrible title, but it's a great book. He has a whole thing about calling someone by their name. It, it connects you differently because people like to hear their own name. And as we live in a world that we get more and more, we're, we're navigating rights and we're coddling people for longer. The you, how do you feel? What makes you uncomfortable? Let's change us to take care of you. All of that reinforces the idea that you're in charge of your own life. And if you look at the way the world sees it, Clearly, you're in charge of your own life. Now, what's interesting is that Judaism doesn't have Judaism has a has a it gets to the same place, but through a very different mechanism. Jewish law doesn't give you rights. In fact, I don't think there are many rights in Jewish law. There are obligations in Jewish law, which means I don't have a right. You have an obligation. You have the obligation to take care of me. I don't walk in and demand rights. You have to come in and take care of me. Which means the system is built not to be taking what's mine. The system is built to be giving to what's yours. Now, of course, there's things that you have that are your rights. You can't have a system in which there's not justice, but the system is built on an idea 
the person doesn't walk around and demand for himself. The person has to go around and take care of others. And when I take care of you and ensure that you live in a just world and you take care of me and then I live in a just world, that's how you actually live in a just world. When I have the responsibility to watch out for you, you've ever gone through the legal system that's unbelievable when you see the comparison. You go through the different um, rules that judges have to follow before they can um, make somebody guilty. It's unbelievable. They have to take care of that defendant. They have to ensure that defendant is 100% getting a fair trial. They have to make sure that they're 1,000% sure that defendant is guilty. That defendant's rights really are not in the defendant. The defendant's rights rest in the judge. And the judge has to implement it. Because unless the system is built to be givers, we live in a world where we're just, it's about us. <clears throat> and we can live in our lives today and it's really, really, really about us. You can spend, it's amazing today. You don't gotta even go to the store and see somebody and ask for something. You can just order it and it comes. You can live in your house. You can, you can literally live totally and completely focused on self and you can get all the things that you couldn't have gotten a couple of years earlier. 10, 20 years ago, you'd have to like go and interact with people to get stuff. Those days are really over for the most part. There's still some vestiges of it left. And what that does is it starts to create a, 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 an awareness that I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of my life. So therefore, I know where I want to go. And nothing's going to change that. And if it changes, I am upset. That's not where I wanted to go. That's not how I saw where I'm, where, what my future is. And as a result, the reinforcement of the I without, without us even realizing it. That's why sometimes we get so upset with the challenge because the challenge wasn't our choice, right? If like someone tells you to, you know, if you go into school or you go down the whatever, someone makes you run down the block fast, you're annoyed. But if you wake up in the morning and jog down the block, you're happy. Why? You're still running. The answer is because I chose to run. The reason why challenges bother me, the reason why people have such a hard time with God is because when something happens to them that they didn't choose or didn't see coming, what really bothers us is that I'm in charge of my life. It's supposed to work out this way. I did these five things. This is supposed to happen next. It didn't happen. What's going on? I'm running the show. You're not running the show. I'm running the show. I'll play to you if you're a divine character to get more stuff from me, but I'm still running the show. I'm in charge. When I'm in the mood, when I'm ready, this is not a good time. I'll tell you when it's a good time. This is not the time for this. It doesn't fit into what I wanted to do today. That's not what was on my calendar for the month. 
I set my priorities for the month. This disrupts it. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I can't focus on it. That's not what I intended to focus on. The reinforcement of I am, I am, I am, without even realizing it. The reinforcement around the world of it sending to us, sending to us these messages. Starts to create a reality that it is me who runs the, my world. Me who runs my world. Forget when you extend it and it's me who runs my wife's world or my children or my friends. Forget that. Forget when you're in charge of a company and you go, it's me who, who, who's in control of people's lives and you think it's you. Forget that's, well, that's already advanced. I'm talking about the basics. It's me who runs my world. And when it's me who runs my world, any disruption to that throws me. And when it throws me, I now have to make a choice. Go with it and recognize that I don't run my world or resist it and come with a real reason why I don't run my world. And what ends up happening many times is that we resist it because we are reminding ourselves, that's not what I intended. I can see the next few steps that I don't see anything coming that way. I'm not doing that. And so when we talk about being open, when we talk about opportunities, when we talk about the energy that we need to be great. We have to then continue to drive to the source and the source of it all is that if I think I'm running this world, even my own world, I can assert as much control as I can. I can try my hardest. I can prepare and plan. But if I am in the center of my world, that means if I live for myself, that means if I think I am controlling my destiny, that means if the extent of what I hope for in life basically is getting more for me, that I basically closed myself up and put myself into a world of the physical. Because the idea of spirituality means that I'm not in control. That there's something inside me that's bigger than even what I can understand. The idea of spirituality is that there's more to me in life, that there are causes bigger, that there are people more. When I connect to that which is outside me, I find myself. The whole essence of spirituality is that it is outside me. I'm connecting to outside. I'm sacrificing for outside. I'm doing for outside. I'm connected to something bigger than me. So myself, my brain, my history, my memory, those are all limited. It's sophisticated and it's more sophisticated than a tiger, but a tiger also has some level of memory and senses and interests. Okay, mine extends further back and further forward. But my physicalness is what keeps me, if, my, if I'm centered around me, that means I'm centered around my physical, what I know, what I've touched, what I've seen, what I've sensed. And as soon as I've, I've surrounded my life around my physicalness, then I basically cutting myself off from the possibility of my spirituality. 
because I've turned to my spirituality and been like, there's not, no, only if you fit into my physicalness, I'm going to take you and I'm going to contract you into my physicalness. So much of what's available to us comes from the metaphysical world. But the reason why we can't access it is because we think we're in the center of the world. And when we put ourselves in the center of the world, that activity then cements the physical, our physical life. Which is why self-centered people are never really happy, even though they have a lot of stuff. And sometimes they have more stuff than the people that aren't self-centered. And they don't seem to ever be. Why? Because they're not connecting to the depth of anything. Their relationship to the things they have are surface. So they're not fully satisfied because they're not spiritually connected to anything. That's the essence of selfishness. I have, but I don't have. That's why self-centered people are constantly in search of more and more and more validation because they don't know what's wrong. They don't know what's, what, what's wrong. I have everything I want. I don't feel anything. It's because they're in the middle. And by putting yourself in the middle, you're cutting off the spirituality, which means everything you touch only is surface. I will right, we'll talk about this. All right, everybody, have an amazing day. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.